There's never a dull moment when it comes to Minnesota sports, whether it's on the gridiron. For the end zone, it's Jefferson who's got the touchdown. On the court. Edwards thinking three and popping a three. On the ice. It's Caprice up with an open net. Or on the diamond. Buxton hammers that to left field. Another Minnesota home run. Whether it's positive. I think this is a good enough roster to make the playoffs. Or negative. He's terrible. Awful. Don't get it. Don't understand it. Whether there's optimism. Hey, they might be able to even make it to a conference final. Or pessimism. Don't expect me to be super excited. I mean, I don't know. Does this really do much for anybody? There's always something to chat about. Shout out to Minnesota Sports Chat. Keep on being elite. If you're looking for fun, informative, discussion on all things Minnesota sports, you've come to the right place. This is Minnesota Sports Chat, and now, here's your host, Ross Brendo. I'm never down or not excited when Daniel House joins the pod. He'll join in just mere moments. Welcome inside edition number 156 of the soon-to-be award-winning Award-winning, if only in my own mind, Minnesota Sports Chat. Yes, Daniel House from Gophers Guru back in just moments talking. Unfortunately, Gophers Hoops, Gophers at the NFL Combine, Vikings, and more. Please, a reminder, rate and review Minnesota Sports Chat on Apple and Spotify. And if you're listening via the Score North Taxi Squad feed, I do encourage you to subscribe to Minnesota Sports Chat wherever it is that you get your podcasts. And please make sure you tell your friends and family all about this podcast. Make sure you tell your friends and family all about the great work at gophersguru.com from Mr. Daniel House. Buddy, it's good to see you. How you been? Ross, it's been too long, man. We haven't done a podcast in a while. I'm going, we need an emergency pod. Murph called me on the phone, and we talked for an hour and 13 minutes on Friday night. You know, Murph, you know, I've learned the hard way, and I say this lovingly. Hello, Murph. If you answer and Murph is worked up, be prepared to be his therapist for quite some time. (laughs) It's so funny you said that because I said it was just a therapy session the entire time and a text message to him the next day because he sends me a text and he's like okay i i I think thinking about this differently now i'm like great therapy session i guess murph of course uh one third of the now defunct score north gophers show and i i do believe my fault i'm not even sure we had murph on this year at any point to talk gophers football so we'll We'll rectify that this upcoming season. Daniel, I know as we record today, it's the last day of February. I'm assuming a lot of people will hear this on March 1st or 2nd. So we'll qualify that as maybe a March appearance, but we'll have you back in April because we have to talk about what natural event's going to derail this year's Gopher football spring game, which is now slated for April 22nd. (laughs) We'll see what natural disaster it is. Is it an ice storm? Is it a spring? 12 feet of snow like what is it swarm of bees i'm waiting for the year they announce the spring games on like june 2nd which i don't think they can actually do but april 22nd i feel like and and we'll get back to go for football here in just a bit for a while weren't they doing earlier april so i feel like they're already kind of seeding to trying to find better weather by pushing it to late april yeah, and it's nice now. This year, it's not the weekend of the NFL draft. I was so excited about that. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is the best. No 
No competing with the draft. Well, do you want to start? Actually, no. I'm just gonna. We're gonna peel off the bandaid. We'll start talking uh, with, uh, or we'll start with Gopher basketball. Greasel does stay in the game, working on 11 points, and he dislodges Talon Cooper for a dunk. Well, your Golden Gopher basketball team, uh, Daniel House, one in 16 in the Big Ten, seven and 20 overall. Dennis Evans no longer coming to the University of Minnesota. This thing is about as off the rails as being off the rails could be in year two for Ben Johnson. Before we really dive deep, I just want you to talk for 30 or 60 seconds on initial Golden Gopher basketball thoughts and thoughts and work more people can find at gophersguru.com. I would say guard play is the big thing, man. I I look at this team and go effective field goal percentage, 47% for Talon Cooper, just not bad. Jaden Henley, 39%. Torres Samuels, 35.8%. And the shooting ability of that group and the lack of dribble penetration from this squad, like they cannot get any downhill drives going as a part of their offensive sets, which hurts them a ton. They're, they're shooting the basketball. I mean, Ross, we talked about this when Minnesota parted ways with Richard Tino. Like, shooting needed to be the big priority. And right now, their effective field goal percentage is 48%, which is the third worst mark for the program since 2008. The only teams with worse shooting percentages, 2016 Gophers, 2021 Gophers. So it's it's one of those things where guard play and shooting are the two things that I – feel they have to improve and you know the, the transfer portal towards Samuels you know could they have done better than that um you know lots of young guys but the biggest issue I had was the portal and didn't get enough at the guard spot and now it's all about fixing that this offseason and seeing what happens with the remainder of the roster here because it's such a fluid process the Cooper and Samuels thing is interesting to me because you, know, you uttered the words somewhere along the lines in your last uh, 20 seconds there is you would have liked to have seen them do better there at the guard play. And it's interesting because you know, you might know better than I would, but at the end of the day, if that's who they wound up with, and I'm not trying to rip the kids too much, but if that's who they wound up with, that was probably the best that they could do, right? Which in another roundabout way, even though it was only after year one of Ben Johnson, it's a bit of an indictment, isn't it? I mean, you're still offering kids a chance to come play Big Ten basketball, and these guards that Ben landed in the transfer portal, they're just nowhere near being Big Ten guards. That doesn't mean they're bad basketball players, and I'm not making them out to be awful people. They just honestly should not be contributors on a Big Ten basketball team. And House, oh, that is directly reflected upon a 1-16 conference record as we record this podcast. I seriously think a dynamic guard would be worth like four or five wins for this team as wild as it sounds, because it's like you you have to be able to put together a roster that's got a dynamic guard who can score at will at any time. Like I think Peyton Willis last year was a good example. Like he's the type of point guard that you got to have, you know, super dynamic and take you off the dribble. The other theme that I have so much trouble with is this team's lateral agility. Like they can't move their feet. They're unable to like uh, move their feet defensively, I guess, just in general. And it's something that I noticed all season long, and it's been bothering me. Um, and on top of that, the free throw shooting, like 
second worst free throw shooting percentage in the country right now. Lafayette and the Patriot League is the only team with a lower free throw shooting percentage at 61%. Went back and looked, Ross. I was curious about Big Ten team efficiency ratings since 2008. So I went and looked at national ratings, overall efficiency in the Big Ten Conference since 2008. The only team with a worse efficiency rating since 2008 in the Big Ten Conference nationally. Rutgers in 2016, they went 6-25, and 1-17 and 17 in the Big Ten with a lone win over the Gophers. So it was fascinating. And then I also looked at Minnesota basketball's average from 2008 to 2022. It was 63. Patino's average ranking was 72 during his career here. Tubby was 43. First two seasons with Ben, he's at 110 this year at 235. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> So, I mean, granted, I do think like injuries are a big thing this year. Like there's no way that Dawson Garcia and Jamison Battle are completely healthy. Braden Carrington's been hurt and he just needs to get stronger in the weight room. And, you know, the transfer portal, like I said, it's just the roster's got a lot of movement that's got to be made. And the portal has to be hit effectively this year if they're going to continue to push forward and get this thing off the ground. Well, and does the portal become even more important this year than it ever, ever before for Ben Johnson, but in recent memory for Gopher Basketball? Because Dennis Evans is no longer going to be a part of the Gopher Basketball program. I think you can start connecting dots. Maybe that means uh, Jaden Henley might not be a part of the Gopher Basketball program mm-hmm. going forward. Mm-hmm. Ben's going to have to find some players that can come in and can, can contribute right away because... At year three, Daniel, I don't know what the number is, but I feel like the number, they're going to have to show improvement if he's going to keep his job. I really do believe that. And I know three years is pretty early to pull a plug, but if you've had three conference seasons in a row of five conference wins or less, that's a tough sell Mm -hmm. to administration. So this is going to be very important for Ben Johnson to find and develop players from the portal, maybe find kids that can come in right away. But now you're probably looking for an extra guy. You're not going to have that big body in Dennis Evans. And and House, I'll be honest, and I'll let you weigh in here too. I don't know what the Dennis Evans back out really means. I, I don't know how good he's going to be. I do think he was going to be a bit of a project. I don't know if he was going to come in and really contribute at a high level right away. Now I think you can say, well, the Gophers aren't very good, so anything he can give you you know, would be would be needed and well received. I, I get that. But I don't think he was going to show up and take this team by himself from one or two conference wins to 10 plus conference wins in year one. So I don't really know what his loss means other than optically it looks really bad for a coach and program that has had an incredibly rough season. Yeah, and within the landscape of NIL, it's a huge factor in retaining players and keeping them, you know, as part of their letter of intent not you know exploring other options because it's out there and teams are going to be calling and providing offers and it's my understanding that the team knew this was coming for a while it wasn't like it was you know a surprise that day when it came out initially like sounds like that they were aware that this was this was going to happen so nil we'll see you know i i (laughs) I, I guess the NIL packages that are being offered to him are very, very lucrative. And that's where 
the college basketball and just college sports in general, the landscape is changing with the name, image, and likeness. I mean, it's a factor of it. I also think, you know, there, there's that component of trying to figure out fit in Minnesota and looking at being a raw player, like you said, like he's super talented, but needs that coaching to take the next step. And I feel like maybe there's some, you know, lingering effect there where it's like watching the team play going, you know, I, I want to make sure I'm in a situation where I can get to that next level. And Louisville probably is going to offer him a lot of NIL money. So I feel like in my life, Daniel, this is 36. This is as poor as go for basketball across the board has been on the men's and women's side. But I also, I don't know if the athletic support at the University of Minnesota is where it needs to be from the top down, from the president to the regents. I don't I don't know. I don't know that. But I do know and have it on fairly good authority. It's as good as it's ever been. I mean, when you have a president who at her opening yeah. press conference shows up and talks about the importance of athletics, they've went out of their way to go find coaches and pay coaches pretty good money by U of M standards. I feel like the support for the athletic department, again, maybe it's not where it needs to be. I'm not saying that it is or that it isn't, but I do believe it's about as good as it's been in a long, long time. So well, how how can all these groups come together and not help make Gopher men's and women's basketball not the doormat of the Big Ten? Because I don't I don't believe it should be the doormat of the Big Ten on either side. I would say the big factor is the external side of it, where it's the name, image, and likeness. And the school can't, you know, facilitate those negotiations. So it's one of those things where fans and people that are passionate about the programs have to get out there and work with Town athletes to get enough funds to bring these players in, retain them, and get them the opportunities to benefit from name, image, and likeness. And that's landscape for every sport on campus. Like, this, this is changing the way that, College athletics is structured, how you build rosters, the way coaches think, how they market their program. And that's one of the things, too. I mean, I think college basketball and just college athletic departments in general have to rethink the way that they structure their content, invest in content, because that's how you market players and get them out there for companies to see them and then want to invest in name, image and likeness and get to see their personalities in a, in a different light. So I'd say the name, image, and likeness is the number one factor to getting this program where it has to be. It's early on, Daniel, but anecdotally, when you look at NIL, name, image, likeness, I don't feel like it's it's changed how you acquire players, for lack of a better term. I don't necessarily think it's changed the power structure of college basketball or football. It's still early, but the same teams that were good in running the sport three, four years ago are still good well, in run and running there, the sport a today. For that. Yeah, there's exa- a reason for that. Well, exactly though. It's it's the money. And I don't think mm-hmm. that, that that's that was never gonna change with NIL. So I'm not even really sure, aside from players coming and going sooner, that it's really ever gonna change the landscape of college sports. 
Yeah, there'll be yeah. Te- there'll be teams that break through. There's always teams that join the fold and a team or two that drops off. But if anything, it's going to be more gradual. It's not like Alabama football and Clemson football and Georgia football are going to fall from the face of the earth. No, the rich are going to get richer in this case. And yeah. I, I I wonder how does the U of M to your point, Daniel? How does the U of M make connections between all the Fortune 500 companies in town? and convince them that they should be putting money into essentially paying players versus marketing their business. I don't know how that's going to get done, but I do know that that's the only answer. If we're not going to get better at that, then go for basketball. Men's and women's is always going to probably, sadly, toil in mediocrity. The football program, I don't know. I think the coach being a little bit of a marketer himself helps that. They're not also, they're also not always recruiting four and five star players, so it's perhaps easier to still get the players that they want. But I just, I at the beginning, I thought the NIL would really help the University of Minnesota because I thought, and I'm not ripping the companies in this town, I just thought the companies would be more advantageous in throwing a couple hundred grand here, a million here. And by all accounts, that has not happened to this point. So I, and I don't know how you convince them to do that. Yeah, and it, it, a lot of that ties into product as well. There are so many layers to this, Ross. That's what I've been telling people is it's like you, you got to have a winning product on the court, consistency, continuity, and then throw the NIL in there because then people will want to invest their money in the product because it's doing really well and it's showing signs of consistency where football, I feel like, is is showing that consistency now. So there's there's a lot of opportunity there and le- it's a totally different dynamic you got smaller roster sizes so you know that plays into it where football is is bigger rosters there are a lot more players out there you know like you said being able to get players develop them up have them be the right fit and that's what football i mean they're very selective in how they approach the players that they add do they fit the culture do they do they do the right things it, it's it's a layered thing with football and how they approach bringing guys in here. Final thought on Gophers basketball, and then I want to do some uh, quick hitters and a little house maintenance for you on the way out the door. Uh, I don't believe Ben Johnson's going to lose his job after this year. I'm not advocating that he should. I think mm-hmm. three full years will really know after next year. I, I, I think he – I don't know if he deserves that, but I think it, it's – I think it's just kind of required. You're, you're going to get three years. However, Ben is going to go into year three with the words basically flammable attached to his behind. That's how hot I think his seat's going to be, especially if they don't win a, another game or two here in the final week or two of the season. A- am I overstating that, or is that kind of along the lines of your thinking? I, I just... Back-to-back seasons of less than, what, five conference wins? This year, you technically went backwards from your first year. There's just no real good signs this year. It's going to be one of these HGTV hit series, man. You've got to come in and do some DIY on the roster. (laughs) And you got to come in and raise the value of your property, (laughs) ASAP. And that starts by investing in the point guard position and the guard spots all over. Because if you can't do that, then this thing is not going to be improving its value at all. So I'm taking like HGTV is my philosophy for Gopher basketball entering next season, the, the renovation project. 
Instead of Flip My House, we'll call it Flip My Barn, starring starring Ben Johnson. Uh, we're, we're recording this early in the morning on February 28th, the last day of February. Thank goodness. I am crushing some beans coffee out of my nice hydro flask. Feeling pretty good about it. Do not miss out on all things Beans Coffee Company. Make sure you've subscribed to their email newsletter. You're like, well, why do I want another email newsletter? Well, because this one's pretty darn fantastic, and I'll tell you why. It's going to save you some money. They'll let you know about promo codes. They'll let you know about all the new releases, limited time sales, and so much more. Sign up at coffeebybeans.com. While you're there, sign up for a coffee subscription. Subscriptions can be set up in one to eight week intervals. They can be customized by blend. I've been crushing that Profectus blend. I've been telling you that since, boy, pretty much I think Thanksgiving week when they released it. Choose from 12 ounce or five pound bulk bags for that subscription. Have them delivered right to your door. One last thing for you to worry about when you're creating that online shopping list or going to the grocery store. Don't forget to use the promo code SPORTSCHAT when you check out. You'll save a little cash. Again, that's SPORTSCHAT, one word. Beans Coffee Company, they ship anywhere in the U.S. Free shipping on all orders of $35 or more. You can also order by the bag. Test them all out so you know what your favorite blender blends are. Coffeebybeans.com is the website. Coffeebybeans.com. Take advantage of the great stuff going on at Beans Coffee Company. Use that promo code Sports chat to save a little bit of cash. House Gophers at the Combine. How high is our guy John Jacob Jingleheimer Schmitz going to raise his profile? Maybe how high is not the right word, but how how much? He's training really hard. I'm telling you, the details have been handled to perfection throughout the process. He's been working at a training house out in Egan trainer working extremely hard to get him where he needs to be mentally and from a technical perspective on all the testing. So I would expect him to come out and do very well. I'm going to be watching closely to see if he can hit the Alex Mack numbers because he's always been the comparison I've used while looking at John Michael, because I, that I, that I saw like at the senior bowl, the measurements for John Michael, they're almost identical to Alex Mack. So now I'm watching, will he test similar I believe John Michael can go at the bottom of the first round because he played that well at the senior bowl. He was maybe the one of the best, most consistent players down there in Mobile. And uh, that's certainly something that left a lasting impression on people around the league. Anything else from the college postseason bowl games, the Hula Bowl, the Shrine game, or do we call it Shrine Bowl now? I don't even know. The Senior Bowl and also the Combine, anything else that you're monitoring that stuck out to you? I, I know Tanner Morgan had a good Hula Bowl and Shrine practice. Mm-hmm. The game didn't go so well, but that didn't have much to do with him. You and I were texting during that game about how atrocious oh, the offensive line play was. And uh, Tanner Morgan now, at least uh, for now, off to the USFL. Uh, anything else stand out from any of those postseason uh, college bowl games or anything you're looking forward to at the combine as far as ties to the university of Minnesota or Minnesota kids. So as far as Tanner goes, he can still go through the NFL draft process. So Michigan Panthers own his rights. So if he wants to go that route to the USFL down the road, he can do that, but he'll go through the NFL draft process combine March 15th. 
I've been saying for a while that like Pittsburgh Steelers would be a great fit for Tanner's backup. They have Mitch Trubisky, who could be like cap casualty. You got Mason Rudolph, who's a free agent. And the other connection is you got Matt Canada, the offensive coordinator, who is an assistant every year. PJ Fleck played at Northern Illinois back in the day. So there's a connection between PJ and Matt Canada. Uh, down there. So I, I've watched Pittsburgh to potentially see if they're a team that could be a good fit for Tanner. Jordan Howden, I thought, had a pretty good week down at the East West Shrine Bowl, uh, playing single high in uh, New England's defense. Uh, someone who I've been competent to, been thinking about this a lot, Chuck Clark, safety for the Ravens. Uh, a lot of similar elements. So we'll see how Jordan Howden tests. I'm not sure you know what to expect. But I kind of have some theories, and Chuck Clark was the name that I came out to. Mo down there getting tested a ton, Ross, as a receiver with the Patriots. They want to see what he can do in that specific category because he didn't do a lot of it here at Minnesota. I thought he performed well and showed that he could do that. Uh, and then Terrell Smith, who probably maybe was the highlight of the Shrine Bowl week, to be honest. Like he was so consistent. Leaning and locating on deep balls, reacting, showing he can play in zone, a break on the ball, matching routes, mirroring receivers, showing off that quick 10-yard split that he has. I mean, that's that's the thing that will take people by surprise, I think, is like how well he runs in the speed stuff. So Terrell did a lot for himself, and I'm excited to watch not only the combine but the pro day because I think a guy that's not getting enough love, Ross, is uh, Thomas Rush. He, uh, he will test extremely well, had a nice week down at the NFL PA Bowl, and is just a very smart dude. Did a feature on him on the website, so people can check that out at gophersguru.com. How much XFL did you watch in week one, or maybe we're already through a few weeks? How much have you watched, if any? I've watched just a little bit, not a ton. How about you? Uh, same, and, and it was kind of by mistake. I'm not anti the league. If people want to watch anything, by all means, go ahead. But we, we've talked about this numerous times. The main problem with the USFL and the XFL is always going to be, it's you might have really good players, and there are a lot of good position players, but it's really mm-hmm. tough to tell how good they are or how good the product is when most of the quarterback play is subpar at best. And you know we've talked about this numerous times. There's a reason why the CFL is pretty darn watchable. It's because their quarterbacks are all pretty good. You know, again, not NFL level, but house in the NFL, you probably have 20 good quarterbacks, right? There's there's guys that start games in the NFL that probably are only starting because there's not enough starting quarterbacks. So then you work down to these other leagues, feeder leagues at this point, and the quarterback play just is not there. So I, I it's... To me, it makes the product fairly tough to watch. Now, I am a hypocrite. If there was a Minnesota team, I would I would absolutely watch and get invested. And there isn't. So now I just watch these other leagues kind of passively when I got nothing else going on. I'll say this about the XFL, and this will be our segue into professional football and a little bit of talk on the Minnesota Vikings. Have you seen how they are handling challenges? Yeah, there's a lot of transparency with their yes. challenges. And other leagues have done this too, but I'll, I'll give uh, I'll give Dwayne The Rock Johnson and Mrs. The Rock Johnson, I don't remember her name, I'll give her a ton of credit, too. I, I love what they do. You're, you're going inside the booth. The uh, officials on the field aren't even really making the call. It's the, it's the uh, I think it's actually, is it Dean Blandino? I can't remember who the XFL hired. 
Um, Dean Blandino, yeah. And they're they're in the booth in the command center making all these calls, and then they just relay back to the official, here's the call. I love it. It's very transparent, and it's an easy system for coaches to challenge, too. So the last time around, or the first time around, I think this is iteration three of the XFL, the last one got killed by the pandemic, the NFL actually stole some stuff from the XFL the first time around. If I'm the NFL, I look at how they handle challenges and say, yes, this is exactly how we want to do it. Not because we want the transparency to show that, hey, we're doing it right, it's on the up and up, and here's why we're making the calls, but because it's good theater. And at the end of the day, that is what professional sports is. It's entertainment and it's theater. I don't know why the NFL wouldn't want to handle challenges and take you inside the process like the XFL is doing. I also like the onside kick uh, option where you can do the fourth and 15 if you'd like. That's something that I think uh, the league will talk about. The Eagles are actually presenting it to the competition committee trying to get that uh, passed. If you if you want to watch NXFL, pay close attention to teams that use that fourth and 15 strategy to retain the ball versus attempting an onside kick. And then also the the kickoff stuff where the the kickoff coverage team and the return team are like five yards apart and they can't move until the ball's caught kind of like that it, it's good for safety and it still keeps that element of special teams in the game so we'll, we'll see if that eventually becomes a thing all right vikings in free agency vikings offseason process still a lot of work to do i think we'll start literally any minute now any day now start seeing some of the consequences of where they are at with their cap maybe restructures maybe cuts maybe trades what are you thinking what are you seeing what are you hearing what are you feeling from the minnesota vikings the soon-to-be super bowl champion minnesota vikings my top free agent player i would like the vikings to sign linebacker drew tranquil rangy explosive linebacker 98th percentile athlete good as a blitzer and versatile. He can do a lot of different things in Brian Flores' scheme. You can blitz him from different spots. He shined in coverage. He is just someone that I feel is a phenomenal fit. It gives the Vikings an upgrade at a position they they struggled with and didn't have a lot of depth at last season. We'll see what type of decision is made on Eric Kendricks and his future here. Jordan Hicks as well. I could see a scenario where both of them are gone. Maybe EK is back. But Drew Tranquil is one of my top guys. I also wouldn't be opposed to bringing in a value nickel cornerback, Tavier Thomas from Houston Texans. He's good in coverage, explosive athlete, actually has ties to Quasey from the Cleveland days. I love how he gets after it in a run game. He's physical. He has return game experience. His numbers were really good in coverage last season so if you're looking for a younger player that's got some value at the nickel spot tavier thomas houston texans and then on that side of the ball as well if you're going pass rush okabonia okan rockwell third highest pressure rate among defenders with 200 pass rush snaps he's only 27 played for the rams when kev was there uh those are three names that i i have on my list right now uh can you say the last one again okabonia okan rockwell We'll have to go through that hyphenetically. I'm never going to be able to say that if he signs with the Vikings. Oaken Rockwell. Can we just call him Double O? Just call him, well, see, the problem is you got Big O, 
with a Sezi Atomiwa. Yeah. So just think you got big O and big O squared, you know? That's 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 too much for this brain to process as we record here in the morning. Uh here's here's one for you on the on the Minnesota Vikings. Would you be surprised and maybe we've talked about this before? I don't think the Vikings are going to pick at 24/23. I I more than likely I think they'll trade trade down late into the first round if not early into the second round to pick up more picks. One it'll help them with cap a little bit. Two, it'll give them more players. That's just, that's my hunch. And it's always kind of funny when everybody hosts a draft party, score North included, and the team doesn't draft in the first round. But I think that there's a pretty good chance that that happens. There's a chance, but I'll say this. I think this draft is a little weak. I think it's oversaturated in a sense because there's so many players that have been in college for a long time due to COVID. And I look at, the position group that's loaded is cornerback. So you don't necessarily need to take a cornerback right away. But like this D-line class is kind of meh for me. Uh, I look at wide receiver. It's weaker than it's been. So if you want a wide receiver, you're going to have teams potentially calling you to get into that back half of the first round. I'm interested to see what Jackson Smith and Jigba does this week at the NFL scouting combine. Does he show that he's got the speed? that teams seem to be questioning. I'm I'm very high on Jackson Smith and Jig, but I think he's going to be a dynamic player in the NFL. And I don't know what the, the question marks really are with him. I mean, I get I get the injury stuff. It's played a factor, but Jackson Smith and Jigba, if if Quasey has a guy that he really likes at 23, Ross, I feel he will pull the trigger unless there's an offer there that is lucrative that allows them to you know get a lot of picks and get a good package do you have here in closing doesn't have to be related to the gophers or the purple do you have a hot draft take about a guy who's maybe going to slide or maybe go sooner than people think and let's keep it to the first round so you got a guy who people think is a high first round pick that might slide or somebody who is just can i give you can i give you somebody who i think will sneak into the top 50 that maybe would surprise some people you're you're all you do is push and challenge me. That's all you do. Why not? Give it to me. Wide receiver from Tennessee, Cedric Tillman. Watched a ton of his film, good body control, ball tracking, size, and I think he's going to blow the combine away. Like the vertical jump, he's good after the catch. Like I feel like there's a lot of things you can unlock with the route running side of it, but he's showing flashes, man. And he's going to be one of those people that everybody's talking about after the combine shoots up those draft boards. So I'm watching Cedric Tillman, wide receiver. And then maybe I'll give you one wild card, Drew Sanders, linebacker from Arkansas. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he snuck into the back half of the first round. This dude is versatile. He's fast. He's a former five-star recruit. Uh, I'd even love to see him heck in, in Brian Flores' scheme. I put that out the other day saying he was one of my draft fits that that I really felt would be phenomenal here in Minnesota. So Drew Sanders is another guy to add to that list. He is already AARP eligible, but is somebody and perhaps even the Minnesota Vikings going to get a quarterback in Hendon Hooker in maybe the third or fourth round that could potentially step in and play right away? It's possible, but I mean, I was just talking to somebody about Hendon the other day, and I said he's got some refinement to do. Like, you see flashes, he's so good in the play action game, and you look at the numbers, and it tells you the same thing. 
that it would fit what the Vikings do really well. But you got to unlock some things like balls sailing high due to mechanic stuff, cleaning up some of the things that happen when pressure comes where he's like sort of you know, looking down and, you know, getting kind of antsy with, with the footwork when he's trying to step out and extend. Uh, keeping his eyes downfield, things like that. There, there's some refinement that has to be done, but there's certainly some upside in his game if you could if you could get him at the right pick slot. Let's do a little house maintenance for just about 30 seconds here. Let's get the hammer sound. That's us doing house maintenance. Uh, fix flip my barn. Fix flip my barn, starring Ben Johnson. Fix this Brandon Miller situation in Alabama. I'll I'll condense it. I don't want to go too deep into it because I I think there's still probably stuff that we don't know. But long story short, he basically supplied a handgun that ended up having somebody ended up being on the wrong end of that and getting killed. Nothing really happens to him at Alabama. Then this past weekend in pregame introductions, they basically do a fake frisk of him to pat him down to make sure he doesn't have guns. Now, people have been doing that forever. I, I went to our high school basketball games back in the day. People would do that. But do you need to do that when the situation is currently is what it is? I, I, I don't understand how this guy, there should be, whether you intended something or not, sometimes there are consequences to actions. How this gentleman has not been at least suspended for a few games not that that fixes anything is beyond me i just think alabama looks really bad in this entire situation yeah and the whole press conference handling of the of the matter as well wrong place wrong time right (laughs) i couldn't believe how that all went down but that situation is extremely complex and i'm amazed that there hasn't been some sort of suspension or you know you know, something like that. But there's there are a lot of layers to that situation. Like every day, I feel like you have to read up and, and learn more about it because something new is coming out. Really no way to fix that. I just wanted to ask the question, no. and I like to play the hammer sound, which I'm going to play one more time here. Flip My Barn, starring Gophers, Ben Johnson, with host Daniel House. Flip my barn. On ABC. We need to get the graphics made. On ABC. Flip my barn. That seems like a Friday night show on ABC, doesn't it? Maybe Sunday night, Flip My Barn. House, what are people going to find at gophersguru.com? Tons of different content. Gophers got a big get with Jaden Wright, running back from Illinois. You can check that out on the website, some analysis on that. Thomas Rush feature and just all the studies this offseason on Gopher football. It's all there for you. $5 a month gets you access to it all. Uh, You're the best house. We'll catch up here real soon. We'll talk about that spring game and probably put a cap on Gopher basketball and maybe preview slash review a Gopher Hockey National Championship. Wow, I'm feeling it, man. That would be nice. (laughs) I would love it. I don't want to get too far ahead of myself. Thanks, buddy. Thanks. At Daniel House NFL on the Twitter machine, gophersguru.com. Sign up, uh, be well informed, know exactly what's happening at Dinky Town. That will do it for this edition of Minnesota Sports Chat, edition number 156 already. Thank you so much for coming along for the ride. Uh, thanks to Big Ten Network as well for that Gopher basketball highlight. I'm Ross Brendel saying thanks to Daniel House and thanks to you for listening. We're back again next week.